LL Nation, what's good? Get in here. Get in here. Share, subscribe, like. Go tell everybody. Come on in. Come on in. Welcome to the first episode of Oh and Another Thing. Yeah, we got. Oh and Another Thing. Oh and Another Thing. Yeah, we got some things to talk about tonight. Featuring and brought to you by Anora Whiskey. Go to anorawhiskey.com. Get that premium American whiskey only at anorawhiskey.com. We in here tonight. We plan to be with you guys tomorrow morning at 9 a.m. And some things got us a little upset. So we're going to come in here because we spend it different. We keep it 100 with our people. We love our subscribers. We love our followers. We love everybody that's been a part of the success of Lucky Lefty Podcast since we began in August. And we vow to always give it to you straight. And we don't have agendas. See, that's the beautiful thing about us. We can cover Notre Dame football without agendas. Unapologetically. Unapologetically, right? And we're a podcast that has somebody that actually played the game. Sweated, bled, went through rehab for the brotherhood. It's a rare combination of melanin plus experience plus personality. We spin it different. So we appreciate you guys saying it was a great show yesterday. We'll get to the super chats, but we got let us speak. Let us speak. I want to say this to the entire Notre Dame fan base, and I mean this from the bottom of my heart. This is an amazing time as a fan base. Do not allow the ignorant to pull at the strings that cause us to hold each other together and be connected to this program. Are we disappointed? Heck yeah. Are we irritated by the way things went down last night or yesterday? Hell yeah. But guess what? We take that together. We take that on the chin together. We might have opinions about players. We might have opinions about coaches. But guess what? As a fan base, we take that on the chin together. And we move forward. Together. Together. We lost yesterday. We had to deal with Oklahoma State fans coming in our comments on our page, on our YouTube page, talking crazy. It goes with the territory. It goes with the territory. You lose, you lose. But let me tell you what this podcast is not going to tolerate. We're not going to tolerate the buffoonery. And (laughs) we're not about to tolerate foolishness and being passive aggressive when it comes to Marcus Freeman. We're not doing that. Not on this podcast. We don't have an agenda. So for the cats that are covering the team, that want to throw out words like coordination, want to bring up the former dude talking about the Fiesta Bowl, why are you talking about the former dude? Let me tell you something. Everybody in America that does not win a national championship as a coach failed. Failed. Brian Kelly said he came to Notre Dame to win a national championship. Malik, did he win one? No, he didn't. He failed. He failed. He failed. 
Marcus Freeman said he's coming to win a national championship. Guess what? If we're back here in four years and he didn't do it, guess what? He failed. He failed. I don't care about win percentage. I don't care about number of games he won. I don't care about none of that. We're going to keep it real here tonight. That's right. Everybody's talking about, well, you know, looking at the salary he got, I understand why he went to LSU. He asked for more money from Notre Dame in the middle of the season. And if he had gotten it, he would still be in South Bend. So I don't want to hear that. That's true. Don't come to me with that bull. I don't care about 54 wins in the last five years. I don't care about none of that. Every time he faced a top 10 team, he got scraped. Scraped. So what you saw yesterday, what you saw yesterday was the remnants of somebody that jumped off a sinking ship. We gonna keep it real here tonight. We gonna keep it real here tonight. We touched on it a little bit yesterday, but we about to keep it a thousand while. You saw a guy that jumped off his own sinking ship. He knew Jeff Quinn was bad. That's why he went to Marshall to get a transfer. He knew the O-line room was messed up. That's why a true freshman had to start when in the history of Notre Dame and all of his great linemen, all of those great linemen always redshirted because they had a stud in front of them. He That's knew. True. He knew where this program was headed. He knew that linebacker room was subpar. He knew it. He knew that quarterback room had been subpar. He knew it. You know why? Because he did it. It was his picks. You watched his players on the field yesterday. He picked them. So don't come to me talking about Marcus Freeman, adjustments, coaching, all of that. Yeah, you yeah, saw the remnants of what he picked. Yeah, that was a Notre Dame game. The only difference and you was- want, And you were looking for a miracle, and now cats want to throw out, I don't know what people were talking about, all the coronation. There wasn't no coronation. What are you talking about? You're trying to insult the man. I'm not playing that. I don't have an agenda, dude. For several reasons, I'm letting it be known. I'm not playing that. We're not going to do that. We're not going to do that passive-aggressive stuff. So let's get to it. Let me just throw out some of these narratives that people want to say, right? Let's get to it. He got thoroughly outcoached. Okay. Let me. Whoa. Did he thoroughly outcoach Mike Gundy in the first half? Because if we're going to keep it a thou-wow, the 13-year veteran that's so wise that thoroughly outcoached him, did he get outcoached in the first half? Yeah, he didn't have no answers in the first half. He had no answers. And out of his own mouth at the press conference, he said they forced us to go to something that we didn't want to go to. Which means... We We made them pull out the bag. Wait, wait. Which means what he prepared a month for didn't work. Wait a minute. What he prepared his team to do for a month didn't work. Didn't work. Because of how Marcus Freeman prepared his team. It didn't work. So how? So who was unprepared? Let's keep it a thou. Who was unprepared coming into this game? Now let's get to the halftime adjustments. Yes. Right? The same energy that's coming at Marcus Freeman I want to know that we had the same energy for the former all the times he fell. Oh, wait a minute. 
There was no need for halftime adjustments because he was always down big. My fault. My fault. So basically, the team was ill-prepared going into every big game, right? But Marcus Freeman in his first game takes a 13-year veteran and forces him to totally crap his whole game plan. Yeah, scrapped it. Now, wait a minute, because I want to give you something. I came with video evidence tonight. I came with video evidence because y'all not gonna believe me. I get it. You're not gonna believe me. Roll the tape. Roll the tape. If you're not gonna believe me, believe JD Bertrand. Take a look. He prepared us really well. He had us ready for the high tempo. He had us ready. Like it wasn't schematically. It was a little the little details of we missed tackles. We didn't win the 50-50 balls. Those little details, and we need to make sure we do that better. And it's on us. And going into the next season, I just want to make sure I focus on the fundamentals, the little things like finishing leverage tackles, not going one for one for blocks, just every little detail, just being able to enhance it. And then just being able to take that next step in leadership and be able to help this team become the team that we want to become. The clowns out here. We got clowns out here, man. Clowns. We're not Lazy playing reporting. That. Lazy We're reporting. Y'all not going to do that. Not to my coach. Not this coach. Nope. Y'all can mess around with not this coach. Not this one. This podcast, you know, y'all not doing that. We're not playing those games. Because you can get away with it before. Not yeah, now. but not no, 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 no. We up in here now. And and we have to address it. We have to address it because that was a Notre Dame game like we've seen in the past. The only difference was we jumped out in the beginning. But hold on. Listen, so, did you hear did you hear what JD said? And, and 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 where it's coming to is what 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 made the difference of what JD Bertrand said is said we did everything that we were coached to do. The problem came down to what we talk about every time. It's the recruiting. It's the players. He said what if, what we did everything we learned we were in position for everything. We were missing tackles. That's not a Marcus Freeman thing. No. We was. Blowing our assignment on some of those things. That's not a Marcus Freeman thing. He was taking ownership. He said Marcus Freeman had us ready for the tempo. That's the guy that JD Bertrand is the guy we loved all season. Taking accountability. Look, Marcus Freeman had us ready, but that was on me. Out the mouth of the guy. That was out there. Let me get into some of these numbers too. Go ahead, because I know you got notes, right? Let me, let me get into some of these notes, too, because this is what I have a problem with. You got notes? Now, I just want to say notes. this. Let I me just notes. throw this out there, because I'm gonna we're going to get to the comments, and we're going to be real quick, say what we have to say, and then y'all can give y'all opinions. And we welcome everyone's opinion, regardless of whether or not you agree with this, whatever you have to say, rock out. That's what LL Nation is all about. We're here for the people. We spend a different for the people. We don't have agendas. We don't answer to nobody. We have to address. So let me just say this. As much as people want to put the defense at the feet of Marcus Freeman, can I ask you a question? As bad as they played, when they got the clutch time, who gave the offense two opportunities to win the game? Two. When, when, when the first couple times we thought it was over. Who came up with two clutch turnovers? Everybody, wait, wait, because everybody's like, the defense was gassed. So a gas defense 
gave you two chances at coming up enough energy to give you two game breaking plays to give the offense that has sputtered the entire second half and had zero points two opportunities to win the game two and they failed both times and they failed both times that's Marcus Freeman that's that's but that's Marcus Freeman's defense, right? That's Marcus Freeman's defense, right? When the game is on the line, what did they do? See, we're gonna keep mm-hmm. it a thou. And see, mm-hmm. who was the first person that caught straight shots yesterday from us? The first person we talked to Marcus about. Freeman. Marcus Freeman. We didn't stay away from him. He, he was, was the first, first he was the first person we went at yesterday. The first. But what we're not about to do is to allow certain media dudes to sit up here and be passive aggressive and clown and try to cause division amongst this fan base. We're not playing that. Crazy narrative. This is one of the greatest times that the Notre Dame fan base has been unified. And we're not allowing that foolishness, dude. We're not. We're going to speak on it. This podcast is going to speak on it. You can keep that foolishness out of the ranks. Go cover another team if that's what you want to do. That's right. If that's your boy and you still want to suck on his nipple, then go down to Baton Rouge. Because he needs some good press. Well, we're not doing that. This is one of the greatest times, greatest opportunities as a Notre Dame fan base. Don't fall for that okey-doke, man. I'm telling you, don't fall for that okey-doke. We go through this together, we build together, and ultimately we win together, regardless of how we feel. Don't let this buffoonery split us split us apart. And like Marcus Freeman said, and 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 we closing the chapter on all of it. We throwing that last little bit and closing that in the book as well. We not letting that thing slip out either, and that includes the media that's trying to tear apart what, as a like you said, a fan base is all rallied around and unified behind because we see the direction it's headed. The guys on the team, even though we had a loss, were so apologetic and so upset at the fact that they thought that everything that they were doing were the right steps. You talk to guys like J.D. Bertrand who says, we were prepared. We knew what they was bringing. We we believed in that the, the game plan. We felt like we was going to win. The, the ingredients were there. So so the preparation and the enthusiasm and the energy, that's that that wasn't for fate. That's yeah. not a that's not a honeymoon is over thing. That's the culture that exists that we moving forward with. That's not a uh uh we got too hype and overestimated what we had. That's not what that was. That was a new energy of what getting over that ex-girlfriend feels like. This is this is real. This is the the you can't make up the the genuineness of in the of the relationship between the player and coach. You can't get over the genuineness and authenticity of the head coach and how he speaks to the press. And what you saw were glimpses that we haven't seen in 12 years overall. Because if it was a win and we converted on those two turnovers, or at least one of the two turnovers in crunch time, like we did in Clemson, 
when Ian fumbled and we got the ball back and scored going in, we'll be singing Marcus Freeman's praises. Oh, offense couldn't get it, but we Marcus Freeman dialed it up and we turned it around and the last Jack Cone threw for however many yards. It was a great, great win. Great way of moving forward. But because we lost, you know, people would just need narratives to stick by to give an excuse why we wasn't able to pull off a victory. And you know why it's so frustrating is because this ain't the first loss. We go 0-10 in a decade on losing big games like this. So this is not this is not a Marcus Freeman thing. This is a hangover from all the other losses Bro, culminating in this. Report the game, man. Report the game. Do your job. Get off this agenda bull crap, man. Report the game. Because if That's you right. truly report the game, Notre Dame won the first half, Oklahoma State won the second half, and it came down to the last two possessions, and Oklahoma State won. Period. Good game. It was a good Period. game. Period. So if you're going to talk about him getting outcoached in the second half, then you better well play talk about how he outcoached the great Mike Gundy in the first half and forced him to ditch his entire game plan. He prepared a whole month. Because what Ohio State do? You got to say the same thing about Ohio State. Ohio State was losing the entire game. So Ryan Day got outcoached. Outcoached. Ryan Day was in the same position as Marcus Freeman. Only did they won. By and a two-point difference. And what we're telling you? Lost by. And what we're telling you? This podcast, it ain't going down like that. We're not going to let it go down like that. No. Do your job and report the game. That's it. That's it. That's it. Do your job, report the game. All that agenda stuff, all that little slick talk stuff, trying to laugh while you – the coronation. And the, we thought the coronation was going to solve the problems. We know what you're saying, dude. Yeah. We know exactly what you're saying. And you too, you too weak to really just come out and be a hundred with it. So we're gonna call you to the carpet. You can miss us with that bull crap, yo. That's right. This fan base doesn't deserve that type of reporting. Give us the truth and let us decide what we think about it. Period. That's what we that's why we spend it different. That's right. We give you the truth. And then you feel what you want to feel. And we respect it regardless. We still rock with y'all, LL Nation. Still. I see people in the chat right now talking about Marcus Freeman, what he didn't do. I agree with some of it. Some of it I don't. Guess what? We still LL Nation together. Period. Period. That's right. right. It's just, it's it's crazy. It's crazy. We have to speak on this tonight. Because we not we 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 gotta we gotta smash the bug while we see it because we can't let it stay in the house getting into bleeding into the spring bleeding into the summer talking about the speculation the next nine eight months listen we're not going into the new year like that we going into the shoe how we went into this game everybody on board we all on the alignment we getting better we got the recruiting popping. Things are going upwards. We're not about to stick in this, this passive-aggressive lane that doesn't get nothing solved. Dude, what did we say last night? Okay, you know, we can stop all the chatter, feeling good. Guess what? 
We're not good enough. We said we need at least two more recruiting classes. One four-star? Come on. We we and know we got up. room to grow. We know we got room to grow. We only got one four-star. We know we got room to grow. So to be at closing the game like that without what we know we can have and what we're bringing in, we know we got room to get to. So we're definitely not ready. Bro, Oklahoma State exposed what we already knew. We knew going into the game Clarence Lewis had been abused all year. We knew that. We knew the linebackers. The linebackers couldn't tackle uh, Sam Howe. Sam Howe. Sam Howe ran for 100 yards. Yep. We knew that. We knew that. Later on in that same press conference, J.D. Bertrand said they went to a they went to a 10 formation, 10 alignment, and took us out of our stuff and made us play base, and we really couldn't get to our blitz packages out of the base formation. So it and when you, down to us you know what, and, and that's code for we had to play one on one against the athletes, and we couldn't get it done. And we couldn't get it done. That's all it was. We the, scheme, get it done. the scheme that we played in helped everybody out until they made us play one on one. That's like basketball. They was playing boxing one. The zone was looking good. Everybody's cutting the passing lanes, and then they say, "You know, we're going five up. We're going five small, and we run in transition." You got to stop somebody. That's one-on-one no-help defense. Man. Make a play. They know. And it was like, oh, oh, we got Mouse in the house. And mouse that's in why, the house. That's why we were upset, not because we, we understand this generation. That's why we were upset with all the players last night doing all that apologizing on social media. Man, you don't, you don't, owe, you don't owe an apology at all. Go get in that gym. Go get in that gym. Go get in that gym. That's all we require. Go get in that gym. And that's why I appreciate J.D. Bertrand said, I got to work on leveraging tackling. I got to work on individual stuff. He's not not singing no sad, no sad, we going to win it next year. Right. Oh, Ohio State's in trouble. He said, man, I got to work on some things. That's it. Flat out. He knows. He knows. Marcus Freeman knew what he had. That's why he was in a rush to be like, look, we done with this. You know, let me get my my my, my ways going. Let me get into this. Because what is he going to speak on? These ain't his guys. He's trying to manage to finish the season. We forgot that Absolutely. the season was still going on. He like, look, I just want to help these seniors out because it's true. Seniors went through a lot. Big coaching change. Look, I'm not trying to implement nothing new on a team that's y'all team right now. You know, I'm just here to guide the ship. But once this is over, we we got a whole new direction. Whole new direction. Notre Dame fans, stay together, man. Don't fall for that okie doke. Stay together. Okey-doke. I don't care how much we disagree. I don't care if you love Drew Pine, somebody else love Jack Cone. Or somebody else love Tyler Buckner. I don't care who you want it to be the starting quarterback. We're all in this together. We all want the same thing as a national championship at the end of the day. That's it. And whoever doesn't bring it, they failed. That's it. The former coach failed. He didn't get one for whatever reason. If Marcus Freeman four years down the line is gone and he doesn't get it done, he failed. Period. Period. 
We got to stay united, yo. This food is the last day, man. Recruits are watching. The world is watching. We were on top. We had the wave. The national media was behind us saying positive things. Man, don't, don't crumble that. Don't come off of that. We're still the coldest brand in college football. Still the coldest brand in college football. Ain't nobody messing with Notre Dame. We don't need Man. a conference. We don't need a conference to help our brand. We stand alone. We, we are in deep. Period. Don't fall for that okie doke, man. Because the okie doke, the okie doke, you're getting kicked off these bandwagons. Yeah, we don't do that. These trains, the train's rolling. So we're not we're not really stopping for, for people that's not trying to take the ride. You know what I mean? If you're not trying to take the ride, then you got to, you, you know, we might kick you off with the train rolling. And this is what this is. We got to give the public shellacking to all the disunified out there. The people that don't want the, the nation to stay together, the, the fan base to be unified. Because like, that's what it's going to take. That's that agenda it's stuff. That, it's that 12th man. Yeah. It's the 12th man. Everybody matters in this fan base. Everybody. That's why I take time after every show to respond to every comment and say thank you to everybody because everybody matters. Everybody that takes time to lay eyes on LL Nation, you matter. I don't need you to agree with me. I appreciate you, period. Period. Let's knock out some of these super chats, man. It's time for the people to talk. Let's let We said what we had to say. So you know where we stand. And I see the chat. I see people throwing names in the chats. I don't care. You're about to see me around campus anyway. I really don't care. You speak to me. We on campus. We on campus with it. But I'm going to tell you, you're going to know for a fact what's not about to happen. That, that ain't going to happen without you getting called to the carpet. It's not. Because we're going to do it on this platform. We're going to let people know. That's BS. That right there is BS. Real Sports Talk with Alex. We appreciate you, my man. New sheriff in town, Coach Marcus Freeman. Let's go. Man, you know, somebody was in the chat in our conversation uh, in the comments the other day saying, you got to earn my trust. Man, you're a Notre Dame fan. You trust whoever the head coach is. You don't have yeah, a choice. You don't have a choice. Whoever the head coach is, we got to ride with them until the wheels fall off. Matt 2011 GT, amen, brother Sean. Hey, we all in this together, ND. We are all in this together. Let me get the other super chat. I think it's at the bottom, and then we'll get to some more of your comments. There it is. Justin Fleming, thanks, Sean and Malik, for your energy and passion. I was upset with the Fiesta Bowl. Look. We all were. Hell, but I'd rather take the loss with Freeman than a W with Kelly because I have hope for a future with Coach Freeman. I'm not, look, man. I'm not accepting. I'm not watching that game. I'm not watching that game probably ever again. Yeah, no, no, for what? Like, I don't need to break it down. I don't need to break it down. I don't need to analyze it. Mm -mm. No. Because we're not going to use none of that moving forward. That's not a game we're using nothing from. Dude. It's not even about that, bro. It's like 
We didn't see anything yesterday that we didn't know in the nation. Oh, yeah, true. Absolutely. Like, don't let anybody try to report that all of a sudden, you know, we just saw so much yesterday. No, 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 no. We knew we couldn't play man to man. We haven't run Great. the ball all year. We we had 68 passes. That's that's not us. We had a problem tackling when we uh, get tired. Our wide receivers couldn't get off man-to-man all year. Our wide receivers weren't specialists or technicians. And The one technician we had towards ACL. Towards ACL, and he was a converted guy. So it's like Oklahoma State just did what everybody else did. They played us man-to-man. They made us tackle in space. They ran, they ran us and got us tired. I mean, they had 93 players on offense. 93 players on offense. Now, this is how smart, this is how smart Mike Gundy is, right? Right? Because they were talking about, yo, he went up against a 13-year veteran. This is how smart that 13-year veteran was. He came into the game thinking they could do what they do to everybody else and be successful. Yeah. And when Notre Dame showed him, like, no, no, y'all can't do that to us, he said, oh, snap, I guess we should do what everybody else did to be successful against them. Yeah, he was like, we can't do it our way. We got to do it. Because our way, you know, we led the nation in sacks. Our front four can get to them. And then when he realized, like, no, no, you really can't. There's definitely a script to beat us that every team follows that ends up beating us. Every, every team that every team that beats us the last 10 years follows yes. the same script. Yes. But if you think you're gonna beat us on some other, you know, you thought you was just Bill Bella checking your way through a new way of doing it, it's not gonna happen for you. So Yo. fortunately enough for them, they got smart at the right time. Said, let's let's stop playing, get on this script that we that we know. That is their Achilles heel. That's it, man. So they didn't go in there, and, and and I don't I don't like the whole like we just like this coaching change just made such a huge disaster without Coach Kelly or huge disaster like we just got discombobulated towards. No, they took advantage of what we knew we had a problem with. And if anything, the way we came out, you would have thought we addressed it. <laughs> and then make no mistake about it, people. This is not what we're really exposing is not the person. Because I don't do that. I don't go at people. No. I'm concerned about either what you do or what you say. And that's with anybody. Like Malik could tell you, if Malik calls me on the to, on the carpet about something, it's man, we have a conversation. After that conversation is over, we move forward. I don't have a problem with a person. I have a problem with what they said and how passive aggressive they were trying to be and the agenda they were trying to put out there. And we're not doing that. We're not doing that. What they say in the good what they say responding to the person. It ain't no reason the good book. We're not sowing seeds of dissension. No, we're not doing that. And we're not accepting. (laughs) Seeds of dissension. <laughs> no, we throw them back. I don't care if you, you know, whatever nation you are part of that covers Notre Dame, don't fall for that buffoon. That's bull. That's right. We're not doing that. 
we at the we're at the beginning of a ride. That means we're going up on a roller coaster, dude. Yeah. Let's enjoy it. We ain't even hit the stride yet. Dang, we ain't hit the stride yet. You know. It's gonna be some it's gonna be some recruits we want to get that we're not gonna get. That we're not gonna get. It's gonna be some five stars we think we got that might decommit. That we have one, CJ. But guess what? I fully believe we're gonna have a lot more four or five stars than we ever had in the previous 12 years in the next four to five years. I'm sorry, my partner is over there playing like the magician appearing and disappearing. I give you all the illusion show tonight. Now he's by the fireplace. Hey, hold on. <laughs> <laughs> I had to face this. I had to face this. Let me get to this super chat. You crazy, dude. I spill something, my bad. <laughs> appreciate you with a super chat, and he's back. And I'm back. MLF had 15 days to fix years of recruiting issues. Look, man, we said this last night to start the show. The team is what it is right now. It is what it is. It right is now. what it is. Hey, look, it, we're gonna get. We're gonna get to Kevin Austin declaring for the draft. We're gonna get to Braden Lindsey saying he's coming back. Cool. If I need to roll into Columbus, but Lorenzo Styles Jr., Deion Cozy, Tobias Merriweather, and Braden Lindsey, and Jaden Thomas, then that's what we're doing. That's what we're doing. That's what we're doing. <laughs> I like. I like what we that's got. That's what we're doing. You know. We need to call Brandon Joseph, bring him down to the campus this week, show him around, make him feel real good, show him the tape of the Fiesta Bowl and say, hey, we got a spot for you. Hey, we for sure do. Right, right now. Now, that's a transfer we want. Mm-hmm. We don't want no more transfers from Marshall. None. None. Can't do it. No. Can't do it. We need to be snatching Bama's fallouts, Ohio State fallouts. Uh, you know, even man, I even take a JUCO player that's the number one player if, it, if, if that's what the edge can give us. Let's see. Back 2011 GT. <laughs> yes, it's fire. Yeah, you see how to go to my piano room, right? <laughs> Patrick Barnes. How come Marcus Freeman did get on the rest? Oh, Patrick. Go watch the show we did last night. Go watch the show at the beginning. We talked about that. Like, bro, you are no longer a coordinator. Yeah, you know, he was too chill. When when that dude, when they got away with that pass interference on Braden Lindsey, I was like, you should have lit that side. Dude, that referee, you should have lit him up. Yeah, that was your first time. He told Marcus Freeman, I read his lips. Once he goes past me, that's not my call. You a lie. Your job is to follow the ball. That yeah. means you running behind the play and the other referee on the other side of the play. He should your see vision, your vision don't stop. Your vision does happen. not stop. He should have <laughs> he, like he got on. He, he can only see that dude a new one. He can only see this much. After he passes that blinder, apparently he's no longer in jurisdiction. It's not in his it's Dude. not in his area of jurisdiction. That's crazy. Actually, we a hey, we lit Marcus Freeman up yesterday. Like, do you too calm? 
You're too calm. You're a coach. You got to work these officials. Let them know, hey, they holding my guys. They've been holding yeah. my guys all quarter. Y'all need to do something about this. And he could be smooth with it. He don't have to yell, but he need yeah. to at least address it. Be talk, hey, let me talk to you. You know, hit him with the little little uh, play call sheet. Like, hey, I need to holler at you real quick. You know, anything. But you you being too much a sensei, you know, you calm, cool, and collected too much because there was times where that needs to be addressed because they're going to give us one. Right. You know, they're going to give us one. You, you complain enough, they're going to give us one. It don't got to be a lot, but they're going to give us one. Brian J. Irish, we appreciate you, man. Everybody, subscribe. Hit that like button. Hit that like button and share. Indy finally got exposed where this program was really at because we played another good team in Oklahoma State, parentheses, Cincy, under a normal tough schedule. Notre Indy would have probably lost three to four games. Go Irish. That's debatable. Man, we, we can get into that tomorrow morning when we talk about big picture and compare it to this past season. I appreciate you saying that. Personally, can I keep it a buck? Can I keep it a buck? Man, keep it a buck, man. Man, Oklahoma State ain't that good to me. I didn't think so um, either. That game, Oklahoma State's not – they're not that good to me. They're not. They're not. Now, because the best part of it, because the, the this reason is, why this is the problem. This is the problem, and what I mean by that, let me clarify that. Yeah, because I wanted to clarify it too. Because Oklahoma State is not that good to me because I'm used, because I'm always thinking of where Notre Dame is. So yeah. you give me Notre Dame 2015, 18, 19, 20. They beat Oklahoma State by 20 points yesterday. It's another team on the schedule for them. But the program was on a decline. Brian Kelly didn't want you to know it. He tried to hide it, and then he jumped ship. And what you saw was a decline in recruiting over the last three years at the key positions, which were quarterback, defensive back, and linebacker. You saw the you saw the, the you saw the uh the <laughs> the hogwash yo of recruiting at the very bottom. I mean that's the that's the uh, the limit of which we could have got out of the, the recruiting of Brian Kelly to his fullest extent, and it was on display, and it just showed that it wasn't enough. No, and Marcus Freeman, if anything, gave you gave you a couple keys to get get the most out of it. If anything, he squeezed the, the rest of the uh, juice out of the orange at that point because we still, like you said, had two opportunities to make it right and we continued to fall short due to talent. Due to talent. Yes. It wasn't due to, you know, the co if the coaching was as bad as, as how people have depicted it to be, then we're blown out, right? We lose by 21 points at least, but this was a game that we were clearly in control of, that we got outplayed not out coach outplayed towards the end jd bertrand said it best we were ready for everything they had everything we knew what was coming we wasn't thrown off by up to we knew it was up to we just i gotta tackle better in leverage hey, i gotta make a play for 50 50 <laughs> lucky lefty podcast for those 50 50 for those of you that chimed in or tapped in a little late what Malik is talking about is J.D. Bertrand 
in the press conference yesterday talking about whether or not they were prepared for Oklahoma State. He prepared us really well. He had us ready for the high tempo. He had us ready. Like, it wasn't schematically. It was a little the little details of we missed tackles. We didn't win the 50-50 balls. Those little details, and we need to make sure we do that better, and it's on us. And going into the next season, I just want to make sure I focus on the fundamentals, the little things like finishing leverage tackles, not going one for one for blocks, just every little detail, just being able to enhance it. And then just being able to take that next step in leadership and be able to help this team become the team that we want to become. They know they're not there yet, bro. They know what they're I missing. Rock, I rock with J.D. Bertrand. Yeah, for sure. I rock, dude. I rock with him. To come to that press conference and be like, no, no, no. Y'all not about to steer me down the road of excuses. No. He gave we you what the coach would give we you. We were he prepared and in position to do everything we needed to do to win this game, and we didn't get it done. Period. Everybody's like, oh, my God, Oklahoma State ran 93 plays. Dude, Notre Dame ran 87. Oklahoma State should have been gassed too, right? that's all I'm saying man. at some point stop falling for these narratives this divisive reporting all these type of little innuendos and agendas we're not doing that we're not doing that we know the dame same fan base come from different backgrounds for one purpose and we're going to rock together and we're going to enjoy it. this ride that's it because at the end of the day the last game of the season on a Monday night in January, that's where we all want to be. And we want to come out victors. That's it. That's it. That's everybody in here tonight wants the exact same thing. The exact same thing. I don't care. I don't care if Spuds McKenzie comes out of retirement to coach Notre Dame. If he can get the job done, put that dude on the sideline, dude. That's right. That's put right. him on the sideline. I don't care. Whoever's going to get the job done, whoever can get the five stars, let's rock out. Yeah. If we got to bring Soldier Boy, whoever. We gotta, if we got to bring what, whatever we need, we just need to make sure that we're taking them steps in the right direction. I feel like we're doing that. Ashley Hill, thank you for the super chat. We appreciate you. Thank you for tapping in. Indy lost the two teams they should have beat. Yeah, it's like every year. That is a trend. Yeah, every year we lose to the teams that we should have beaten. It hasn't been except in the playoffs maybe against Clemson last year. Other than that, what? We are the fourth best team in college football, regardless of where we finished this this year. Yes. Like, it's, that's, that's we looking for the top three spots. Going for number one. Let's see. Christopher Morgan, we appreciate you. Thanks for tapping in. Yesterday sucked, but BK is gone in all caps. And now it's Marcus Freeman's time to receive recruiting cycles with staff and recruiting his way. And in 2023-24, we'll be in a championship game. Go Irish. Now watch Marcus Freeman roster in two years. That's what we said last night. Two that's, years. That's, that's what we took from the game immediately. In the wrap-up show, we said, okay, we need two recruiting cycles. That's what we said. It's going to take two years. You know, 
And I like I like what it looks like, and we already looking forward, and I like what it looks like already. Dude, let's keep because we have to keep it a buck. I was watching that Rose Bowl, like, yo, if we don't solve this secondary, it's gonna be a problem come September. Yeah, because after a while they just couldn't do nothing. They were just out there just running on air. It's gonna be a problem. Because CJ Stroud is coming back, Travion Henderson coming back. That cat Marvin Harrison Jr. definitely has his father's feet. Did you see the chop chop he gave that dude at the goal line? Look, Ohio State right now is printing receivers. Bro, printing them. I still don't think they're wide receiver you. I still give LSU that. Because I saw that cat Jamar Chase put in work today, and I was like, oh, man. Man, him and Justin Jefferson look like twins out there, man. Man. Crazy. Uh, good question. David Jones said, can Buckner throw? I mean, we had no opportunity to know. Yeah. We never got an opportunity to find out. In a game we threw 68 passes, he didn't take one. I don't know. I don't think the coaches feel like he can. Yeah, it doesn't make us feel confident. And it's we threw it 68 times. Uh, Joseph Salvatore said Oklahoma State fumbled in the red zone twice. Okay, first of all, this first fumble, I'll give you. The second fumble, that's effort and a great play by Isaiah Foster. Don't right. it ain't like Oza, it's not like Sanders wanted to fumble. Foskey took that ball, he created the opportunity. It wasn't like it was just happened circumstance. And secondly, we talked about this yesterday. Notre Dame with mistakes left at least 10 points on the on the off the board and on the field in the first half. The score should have been been 38 to 14 going to half. In the first half. In the first half. So we can get into ifs, if this, if that. That goes both ways. If Michael Mayer catches that ball on the sideline when he hits the ground. If we get pass interference or Braden Lindsay. If Logan Biggs doesn't fumble on in Oklahoma State territory. If Jack Cohn doesn't throw the interception in Oklahoma State territory. We can yeah. do that if that if but stuff all night. All day. Yeah, that's right. At the end of the day, Notre Dame had the ball down six twice in the last five minutes. Twice. And didn't get the job done. Period. That's not an out-coached game. That's a, we just didn't finish. That's no, it. No, no. We made a run. They made a run. Now we'll see who wins the game. It's the way I look at it. Anthony Solomon, yeah, he, exactly. Notre Dame gave the ball inside the 30 as well. Uh I heard we will get a new wide receiver coach. Alex is gone. Bobby V, we appreciate you. That was reported after the game. I think uh, the Irish breakdown message board broke it first. That uh, Dale Alexander was told, yep, it's a wrap. It's a wrap. Yeah, you guys to go. And as much as we tried to be fair, to Dale Alexander, can't argue with that decision. 
Can't argue with it at all. We need better because we need better. Because we need better. It wasn't one receiver. It was the whole room. Yeah. The whole room didn't look great. Yep. Eric Pruitt, we appreciate you. Defense recruiting is great. Offense, though, I don't know. Yeah. Literally, the 2023 class on the defensive side of the ball could be the greatest defensive haul ever at Notre Dame at this rate. Like, because who they have right now, and we haven't even gotten into the spring and summer. And Marcus Freeman said it. They were like, yo, so, you know, moving forward, what are you ready to do? He said, I'm ready to work. Like, that dude was ready. He's ready to recruit. Like, it's time to recruit. Like, right now. Let's go. I can't wait to get back, get on the PJ, and go recruit. First recruitment, Brandon Johnson from Northwestern. Get him. Get him. Uh, Let's see. Yeah, I'm over here looking at the chat. Chat's going crazy. We appreciate that, guys. Lucky Lefty Nation tuning in to much needed (laughs) on another note. Impromptu. (laughs) One more thing. (laughs) For real. And another thing. Let's see. Real Sports Talk with Alex. Freeman needs to show up to Dante Moore's house like USC gave Reggie the Hummer. Amen. You know know what's great about that, too, is that he's down the street. He really is down the street. He can make a couple trips. If he miss him, come back. He'll be right there. You know, I think just the effort overall just needs to be shown. We may not even get him, but the effort needs to be shown because I don't think we've given five-star treatment to a five-star quarterback in a while. In yeah. a while. We over yeah. here making Make-A-Wish Foundation type. <laughs> right. Award scholarships like, what? Right. Like, no. Right. Eric Pruitt says, will Tommy be able to hold his end in recruiting high-end talent? Man, listen. It's, it's A. The spotlight That's, is on him. The spotlight is on him. Because the track record not looking good. No, the quarterback room is is – Suspect. Average, average at best, and the best one that you had left. I didn't get a chance to watch Angeli. Hey, LL Nation, how did Angeli look today in the Under Armour game? I didn't get a yeah. chance to watch it. How did he look? Let us know how he looked. It's Tommy Reese on the hot seat. Thanks, Carlo. What do you I think? think a, I think that'd be a big overhaul. We wouldn't know until next year, if anything, but. I do believe he will be challenged, but you have to be fair as well and give him a full season mm-hmm. to really take control of everything that he put in place. I think he's definitely uh, definitely now understanding the extent of where he can go if he's too free-ranged and end up throwing it 68 times. So I do think that he's going to look at that and be like, all right, maybe, <laughs> maybe I shouldn't throw it 68 times and be more balanced. And, and coach more to what the defense is giving us. But I did like the effort, though, to show a different perspective of a Notre Dame offense, even though it stalled in the second half. The first half, everybody kind of felt like, okay, we've had missing gems that we've talked about each and every week, but we actually got to see them on, on a, a, a level of a display. Now, is it smooth like peanut butter yet? No, it's not It's not where it should be, but it's potential. So that's why I did hope 
that a Carnell Tate would be looking at an offense, at least in the first half, and he probably turned it off hoping we blew him out or something. But He tweeted the entire Ohio State game, I can tell you that. Yeah, but, you know, I think just showing that we was able to, to, to highlight a guy, you know, I think that's – it goes a far away. But it's hard to compete when you're getting recruited by another receiver room at the same time that's just on all cylinders – on fire <laughs> man lucky lefty podcast my guy the original lucky lefty himself malik zaire i'm sean davis at sd2 mics uh andres in i'm tired of nd fans scheming late season about situations where nd can make it into the top four playoff i just want nd to make it into a conversation no contest we always try to have an asterisk Hey, just go undefeated. That's all. If Notre Dame goes undefeated, they're in. Every time. Every time. But the reason why is that we have these discussions is because every time we end up losing the one game that ends up being the determining factor of the season every every single time. Whether it's the time that we didn't do it, we yeah. got to the playoffs without a doubt because we end up beating Clemson. And and that was the seed, that was the game that made the season. And when we did that, we won. Now, when we lost to Georgia a couple years ago, what happened? We was in the same, oh, what's going to happen? Are we going to get in? Da, da. Yeah, so it, our seasons are built around one or two games every year. The Ohio State game is a playoff game. For us. For us. That is the that is the playoff game. If you want a ticket to the playoffs, the first game is the season. As much as everybody says it's not our season, the way college football is shaped for our route to the college football playoffs, Ohio State 100% is a playoff ticket game. Yes. Clemson's playoff ticket game this year was Georgia the first game of the year. Yeah. So you saw what happened when they didn't win that game. It, it changed the entire season. It messed the entire season up. They didn't yeah. even finish with the same starting quarterback. So for us, that game is very, very important for the first year of Marcus Freeman. But, you know, that's why we have nine months to get ready for it. Uh, let's see. Jay Henley, we appreciate you. How does Prince Collie not get on the field? <laughs> this is right up your alley, bro. Seems like we never play the talent we have. Listen. <laughs> <laughs> hey, can I do this too? Look, can I, another narrative, LL Nation, then I'm going to come back to you with the Prince Collie. Stop falling for this narrative that Notre Dame needs to lower its, lower its standards because there's no way that kids that are really good at football are smart. Like, right? Like all the kids that play for Georgia on defense aren't subpar students. Don't fall for their narratives. Literally, Nicobe Dean and Tyndall, their two starting linebackers are both engineers with 3.5 GPAs. Engineers. They're engineer majors, both of them, and very good at football. Times are different. This isn't the 80s. Kids are actually smart and play sports now. They're actually interested in both things. Yes, you have some that all they want to do is go to the NFL, but there are a bunch of five stars that you can get that are good that can get into Notre Dame. Like, stop falling for that narrative. Like, oh, we just can't get the same – game breakers because you know they can't get into Notre Dame 
It's hogwash. It's hogwash. Jalen Sneed got in. Just saying, man, we're not doing this, man. Yeah, we can't do Let, it. The agendas and the divisive report. Man, move on from that. There's plenty of five stars we can get at Notre Dame. Plenty. Yeah. Star with Dante Moore. We definitely wasn't a sexy pick before for a five-star anyway. We had Bo Scarborough. I had him on a visit. Word. Notre Dame weekend. I had Bo Scarborough on a visit. Really? And, yeah. And at the time, it was – you know, he looked more grown than I was. And I was like, damn, that's too easy. No, he was a grown man for real. Yeah, seriously. But he just, he was at IMG at the time, like a Carnell Tate. Right. And at at that time, it was just, he he just didn't, it wasn't a, an appealing school to him. You know, now we didn't surround him with the best experience. Right. I think we gave him a, a Wednesday or Notre Dame campus type of experience. Not like a weekend recruiting experience, but... Right. He, I could just see it in his face from from the mix of the weather with just how slow it was and it wasn't the energy that it that the school has now. I could tell he wasn't going to go to Notre Dame. Yeah. You know, the, Notre Dame at that time was, look, if you want to make business decisions and 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 you have a, a foresight for your 40-year future, that was a place to go. Yeah. Now we got a little bit more of a youth feel little more energy of what more we're trying to get to the league feel. So it, it does change and it makes a difference. Paul Moore, thank you for the super chat. Don't forget, guys, hit the like button. Please hit the like button, subscribe, share, let everybody know. Lucky Lefty Podcast, we spin it different. Thank you for that. Uh, Jamie McNeil, interesting comment. Thank you. you always tapping in with us, one of our day ones. We appreciate you. Going forward on fourth and seven was the killer. No, missing Brayden Lindsey wide open on third and seven. Coming across the middle was the killer. Missing Styles wide open for a was the killer. Was the killer. I mean, it was a bunch of killers, especially in that fourth quarter. You know, at first, I was with you initially, Jamie. Oh, really? You had wing stop today, bro? I had to, man. I had to. You had the lemon peppers? Uh, I get the Cajun rub, you know the Cajun. Oh, rub. the dry rub, yeah, Louisiana rub, yeah, yeah, yeah. Right. Okay, all right, man. But I'm, I'm, I'm just upset that they tried to do it too. You know, they tried to, they tried to, they tried to put the little, the little seed. Like, you know, you know what it felt like. You know what it felt like. It felt like the the comparison of what they talk about. With the people that whisper on the phone, you know, mm-hmm. you never trust those people that you're sitting next to and you can't hear what they're saying on the phone. They have a full conversation. That's what it felt like. It felt like Marcus Freeman walked in the room and people was already whispering. Hey, what's that? What's that? Right. And, and we and we got to turn on the lights. You know, we got to we got to turn on the lights and point them out right away because that's not going to get us to where we want to be as a unit. You no. know, this is about collectively getting there. I think we were fragmented. In, in different ways with the previous uh, coaching staff. And so this is a different feeling that we have to invest in. Different feeling, different vibe around the program. Don't let anybody else change that. It's a great vibe around this program. Great. 
Everybody, stay locked in, man. Don't fall for that buffoonery, man. Just don't do it. Uh, so yeah, Jamie. I mean, I look. If that's the way you feel, I'm not about to sit up here and tell you you're wrong. Yeah, man. Because it goes. I understand both ways. Many different factors. Right. You know, like today, you watch what four more kids commit to Texas A&M at the Under Armour game, and it's like I still don't trust Jimbo Fisher. Like that don't mean nothing. I don't mean nothing. I still don't trust that dude. Ben G eighteen oh one. This this is a question for you, bro. I think you've answered it a couple of times, but yeah, I think Jackson Arnold's got some uh, ability. You know, I think he's got a, a better a better deep ball, a better arm than some of the guys that we have on our roster right now. But the thing about Texas quarterbacks is just they're they're hit or miss because they can be very physically appearing like they can do get the job done and you know they have a quality or two but if you look at a whole game from a texas quarterback they're very streaky you know texas quarterbacks are usually pretty streaky with some with some potential but they're the way they grow up and the systems that they grow up in they never get a full grasp where you can feel comfortable being a championship type of quarterback you know you get a lot of run-and-shoot type of quarterbacks, a lot of, uh, like we said, it's just streaky. So I think he's got a lot of talent, but, I mean, I wouldn't – I would just have to see. You know, it's hard for a quarterback evaluating going into college because it's just a different environment. Uh, Andre's in. He said, Sean and Malik gave Tommy the clip yesterday. Hey, we, we tried to do – we unloaded on everybody. That's yeah. how we felt. Everybody like, everybody – Everybody gets it today. Like, no one is getting left out after that game. No one. And at the end of the day, we woke up this morning like, all right, cool. That's a, that's done. Everybody got the clip last night, but we got you back today. Moving forward. Go get some recruits. Go get some really good coaches. And let's make this thing happen. Somebody had a question about, I don't see it. But someone asked, well, how do you view the quarterback battle going into the spring game? I mean, it should be Tyler's job to lose. Mm-hmm. And I hope we can just make it about one guy in the spring. Honestly, I think we just need to invest one full season, spring and summer, knowing who we want as the guy taking the shots. And, and buy into it. I think when we've done that in the past, like an Ian book, we've had at least some success to where now we just got to get over the hump and mm-hmm. make plays. We're, we're kind of behind the eight ball right now because we, we didn't give Tyler Buckner the justice he deserves if he is the guy to be ready for next year to be taken on on a team like Ohio State. Mm-hmm. I think we did a huge disservice to him, especially in that last game, all season, including getting him prepared to move the program forward. Yeah, a lot of things happened. We didn't know Brian Kelly was going to leave, but even when he was there, he wasn't giving the fan base the confidence as if he was the guy going to be in the future 
because now we're at a standpoint to where we don't know if we can truly trust he's able to throw. Right. The guy that said it is declared for the draft. So <laughs> it wasn't enough to make him come back, clearly. Yeah. And and now we're talking about these big time recruits you want to bring in. Yeah. And we want them to play ASAP because we're talking about that two year that two year gap. Well, we don't even know what the guy that we have and the the full capability. And then you got some of the fan base talking about the third string guy being the the people champ. So I think to not be fragmented on who we want as the quarterback in the spring is critical. But if it goes into the summer where we don't know once again for the 10,000th rerun of Notre Dame football, then it's just going to be a frustrating uh, season moving forward. The best thing to hear going into fall camp is that Tyler Buckner is the guy. That would be the absolute best thing to hear. I don't want to hear no quarterback news <laughs> other than we right on track. We right on track. I don't want to see no video. Or no, I don't want to hear no. That's the other thing I'm tired of. I don't want to see no more seeds of dissension, of no other highlights from no other quarterbacks that we are are questionable on. I don't want to see no Ron Paulus the third in there, potentially creeping up on Tyler, but because that's not gonna help us. If we don't think Ron Paulus the third, Steve Angeli, or anybody else other than Tyler can get the job done and beat Bama in Ohio State first game, then let's not play around with it. Because we know from history that all of those guys on the roster can win nine or ten games because we got the team for it. Right. So let's be serious in this spring and summer and actually fairly give one guy the chance and prepare him for those one or two games that our season depends on. Right. Because all of these guys that we recruit, any guy that we recruit really at this point, which is probably why we still recruit guys like this, can walk in there day one and win a whole bunch of games for Notre Dame. Because we at Notre Dame, you're going to win games. Yeah. That's the easy part. Unless that you just have a really, unless you just have a horrible coach. Unless yeah. you yeah, unless you just got a raggedy coaching staff. Other than that, you're gonna be around recruited guys that are pretty talented nine right. times out of ten. So that's why anybody can really walk up in there and really take over and, and play well enough to to give the 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 illusion. <laughs> that we in contention for something serious, but it takes a special, special guy, a guy that the whole staff believes in that can come in there. And without a question, the, the, the moment I believe we're on knocking on the doorsteps of a national championship is when I don't hear no more quarterback talk. Okay. Let's go through some of these comments. People are catching us up on angelic. Uh, he got sacked today. Thank you, Robin Dennis, uh, David Jones. He's a good backup. He's cone part two. Oh. Michael Johnson, his arm is strong but not accurate. Uh, and Jelly is Jack Cone Jr. Slow, can't get out of the pocket. And Jelly is a clone of the rest of the quarterback room minus Buckner. Oh, my God. 
Wow. And this is the guy that's down here recruiting receivers, right? Right. That's right. He's the guy that's supposed to be talking to elite receivers, like come to know. He over here whispering in guys' ears, right? Jack Cone <laughs> Jr. I'd rather take Carl's Jr. <laughs> we don't need no another look. Oh man. This is not the news, Notre Dame fan base. This is this is where you write letters to your your local your local team and be like, hey, Tommy Reese. What are you doing? If fans is telling you that they're more athletic than the quarterback you recruited, then that's probably giving you an indication that you need to go back and do your homework. Go check the film and be like, is this a guy that could be a seven-on-seven flag intramural superstar? Or is this a guy that can beat Ohio State? Right. That's, that's That's the two questions that should be on the quarterback board in the quarterback recruiting office. Right. Is he can he beat Ohio State? That's a just a checkbox. Is he potential? Does he have the talent to do that as a checkbox? Or is the other box, is he a a guy that's a well-rounded office kind of guy? Because I'm sick of seeing these clones. Let's let's see. I wanted to see. I wanted to see some comments on Ellen Jelly where it was like, oh, he jumped over a guy. You know, something that something to get me wanting to check the highlights. I don't even want to check the highlights, man. I was thinking about checking the highlights on the kid after this. I don't even want to check them now. Cause I'm gonna be disappointed. So we gotta do better in that area. Yo, Jacob Dunn, we appreciate you so much. If we miss on Dante, how do we feel about Jackson Arnold or Vazina? Are they good enough? I would say Jackson Arnold, without seeing all of his junior film, is better than Angeli, in my opinion. First of all, because he plays better competition. And he plays with other really good athletes. Like, he's used to playing with really good. Hey, his wide receivers are Peyton Bowen and Eli Bowen. Peyton Bowen just committed to Notre Dame. He's more than likely going to play safety. Eli Bowen is the younger brother. We're in on him for next for the 2024 class. So getting Jackson Arnold wouldn't be the worst thing, but you want, you want Dante Moore. Like, look, you know what it is. You need to get Dante Moore. Rashaman 18 appreciate you uh Malik was the what was the sales pitch Notre Dame used to recruit you this is actually a great story especially if you talk about the deep commitment bro that that's actually a great story oh Sean sorry for your Man. loss Jeff, Jeff Dickerson thank you I really appreciate that thank you man really just I just thought that at the time, man, if I could go and play at Notre Dame at the level of what it was and and do half as decently, I knew that would give me enough uh, hype, you know, provided things go well, we win a championship to get to the league and and really have a hand in like that 4 for 40 as well as a legacy. You know, you mm-hmm. go to schools like Notre Dame, 
to be remembered forever for your abilities, you know, not like going to a, a you know, like a Virginia or something and, right. you know, only in playing well, but, you know, nobody really showing respect to Virginia as a school, as a legacy school, you know, so I thought it was everything on a big stage that I had wanted from a challenge situation and being a quarterback. So it was just more of a, oh, yeah, you're giving me the chance. I'm definitely not going to miss it. You know what I mean? I'm definitely not going to not take you up on that because at the time I didn't really see too many people getting that offer. And I felt like the guys they were offering, I thought I was way better than. So, you know, it was a, it was a, a good matchup for what I was in. Okay. Another uh, appreciate you, Alex. Freeman needs to send 500K to Tate and Dante. I don't know. I mean, the way Kirk Herbstreit says, it sounds like we just got to send them a bunch of iPhones and tablets and stuff, and I feel like they'll come on. Notre Dame. Yeah, it, it, Kirk Herbstreit will definitely be on the petty train tomorrow. Definitely be on the petty train. Or AB. AB, bruh. No, no. I, I got to create, I have to create a new train for him. <laughs> that was, man, that was, I need a special train. Let's see. Uh... Oh. Uh, Matt, thank you, man. John, I agree completely. America is a big country. There's no way every good player is dumb. I'm saying, man, like we, you know, that's been fed to us so much. And it's like, nah, that's that's not the era we live in. Tom Ballard, we thank you so much. <laughs> Madden whiffing on fourth and seven was a killer. That dude whiffed all season long. All season long. We keep getting questions about wide receiver coach. And uh, man, to me, I just think for wide receiver coach, we just need to get somebody that's I don't even think needs to be that qualified. They just need to be well known. Because at this point we just need a guy that guys are wanting to come to as a piece more for recruiting than it is even retention. I think the retention and recruiting comes from you liking your coach. From a receiver's perspective, yeah, recruits are getting really good to where these are more plug-and-play players. Right. Like Jackson Nigma, he's not out there. He came in ready to play. <laughs> right. Theo East Jr. came in ready to play. So from that position specifically in recruiting, we can get guys ready to go. Dante Smith who won the Heisman, scored a national championship touchdown as a true freshman. So for us, I think the attraction of a 
more famous guy at that receiver position can help us out in that two-year window of getting enough firecracker screen popper play right now, guys, mm-hmm. instead of taking a let's get the two, three-star guy that has a lot of hidden talent and underdeveloping for four years, you know. So I think getting guys that we can play with right now in the receiver room is 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 what we can do for that two-year window. Yeah. But it's gonna come through having a guy that that everybody knows, like Deion Sanders style. Like you got the number one recruiting nation because it's Deion Sanders. It wasn't no technique. <laughs> yeah. He didn't about no technique. It was Deion Sanders. So we can get a guy like that. Maybe Randy Moss, you know, just throwing it out there. But if we got Randy Moss, for instance, I'm sure we CJ Williams wouldn't decommit. I think, let's be honest, um, we are literally eight days away from Black Monday. So pay attention to Ryan Day. There are three teams I know for sure that are going to make man. Very, a very, they're going to make a strong push for Ryan Day. Now, he was very diplomatic, press conference yesterday, talking about how this, you know, win in Rose Bowl gives us momentum going into next year. He said all the right things. And meanwhile, he probably got flown on a PJ to somebody's office to have an interview yesterday, or the, or either they were out there in LA to interview him this morning. I will say this, watch Ryan Day because if Ryan Day goes, Gonzalez at Ohio State is a possibility. But if Ryan Day leaves, Luke Fickle is coming to Ohio State. Like that's already a done deal. Well, if Luke Fickle comes, then, you know, does Gonzalez leave another Ohio State dude at Ohio State? Matt Lubick at Nebraska. Think about him. Very well respected. And some of you might know him from his playing days. Don't sleep on. He's a fantastic recruiter. Ron Dugans, the wide receiver coach, former Florida State wide receiver down in Florida State right now. Mm-hmm. He could be an option as well. Great recruiter. Mm-hmm. So he would fit. That's just a couple of names. There's some other names on there that I'm sure will pop up in the coming days to be reported. I expect that wide receiver coach, uh, I expect we'll hear about Harry Heatstand officially this week. Uh, Nick Lazinski and whether or not he'll stick with special teams. Uh, Jay Bramlett transferred last night but we have a punter and a kicker coming in so that won't be an issue um what else am i missing so i think you hear about harry Heastan. special teams might be taken care of this week i think they hold off on wide receiver coach you got james laurinitis we don't know if he's going to be an analyst or a linebacker coach um We'll see how we'll see how things pan out. We'll yeah, I think, I think the spring is is going to be telling, especially with these coaching moves and additions and subtractions. Hopefully, so uh, 
I think Marcus Freeman, like you said, has a lot on his plate. But one of the first things is getting on that jet and getting on the recruiting trail, getting back on some of these five stars that we want to secure. Because I know that even with Alabama going in the championship on Monday, they're out there recruiting still. Uh, let's see. John and Malik, I got you some more clips if you need more. We got plenty of ammunition, man, but we're fair. You know, we just like to speak power to situations, call people out for what they say that's wrong and make it known that, no, that's not cool, and we're not rocking with that. We're about unity within this fan base because we all want the same thing, period. So it's like right now, the chat is full of people that have different opinions. And we're all in here enjoying each other's opinions because, hey, at the end of the day, we want Notre Dame to win. That's right. David Jones, look, we have to find out. That's the thing. Like, eventually we have to find out if he is. There's nobody else right now to, to give us that feeling that we're close. Yeah. Uh, DC, uh, what's his name? Heacock from Iowa State. I know he'll get an interview. I watched him against Clemson. His defense did, you know, but of course, his defense really isn't talented overall, especially up front. And they did a pretty good job because I think Clemson really got 10 points off like a pick six and another interception that led to a field goal. So Clemson doesn't have a quarterback to be putting up tons of points either. So Yeah, and he plays, he likes to play that 3-3-5 scheme, you know, that multiple scheme, multiple fronts that Marcus Freeman likes. So uh, I would look for him. I don't think uh the DC at uh Purdue, Purdue and the job he did, you know, coming in for Purdue, look for him. But Notre Dame to possibly snatch him. And he's down the street. He's right down the street. And uh, I think Elston is out. And I definitely think Mike Tressel was out. Mike Tressel, you know, just because he knows Marcus might get an interview. But I just didn't like what I saw with his game plan against Alabama at all. Yeah, I just think that. Uh... I think they panicked once they start seeing more and more of uh, them coming back. And when they start getting basic, they, I think they they kind of folded, man. I think they folded to what they felt like could survive instead of what they, they should have played to prevail. Um, Tom A says goodbye, Dale and Elston, and whoever is the DB Scrubs coach. Uh, Elston is not going anywhere. Elston is one of the best recruiters. Honestly, the development of the defensive lineman and the defensive lineman that he's got, he's gotten a lot of projects over the years. Basically, that's what he's been dealing with and he's dealt with, and he has developed a lot of NFL players on the low, like real talk. Yeah. Maybe not like the first round Miles Garrett types, 
but he's taken projects and really developed them and gotten them to the NFL. Um, yo, Tommy could have come in yesterday. Like, I get it. Tommy could have come in yesterday, but like, after Jack Cohn was as successful as he was in that first half, I can understand Tommy just kind of getting lost and really not even thinking about it. And in his mind, like, yo, we're rolling. Yeah. You know, and just kind of like forgot, like, yo, dang, I could have used him for a change of pace at some point. Yeah, I think Jack played out of his mind the first half. So Tommy was like, man, I'm going to just stick with the hot hand. And it, and and then at that time, probably second half, he was like, man, it's too late to throw him in now. We might as well live and die with this right here. And that just became – you cornered yourself, you know. I think they talked a lot about we not – we just not having the ability to run. I'm like, we didn't try to run. Right. And there's one thing to have the – not having the ability to run and then trying to run. We didn't show no commitment to it. I mean, 68 passes, and a lot of it was in the first half. So we didn't even attempt to run to even give them any pressure on Oklahoma State's D-line that we were yeah. going to give them something. And with not even running that much, we were able to hold them up. So yeah. Oklahoma State doing what they do best wasn't able to uh, ruffle our feathers as all the other stuff that played a part. So that's why I felt like Oklahoma State wasn't that good is because the best thing they had wasn't even effective against us. Yeah, yeah. Uh, David Jones says, since he's D.C., he should be our D.C., I don't think so, unless he's bringing Kobe Bryant with him. Nah, man. I look, you can't come into come in with a game plan that I'm gonna go three man front against Alabama and shade my D line away from their best offensive lineman and let my and let their offensive lineman have free access. To my linebackers the entire first half with no adjustments like if that's your game plan on how to attack alabama nah i i don't want any parts of you in a big game because now we're looking at the dc like you said bro i'm judging everybody by can you beat alabama like when we get there can you beat alabama can you beat clemson can you beat ohio state can you beat georgia like but, that's what I want to know. Because you you come here to know the dame, you're gonna beat be the Big Ten, the Pac 12, the majority of the SEC, because it's Notre Dame. You're gonna win those games. Yeah, I mean, I'm just excited, man. I think there's just there's Triple a lot to be desired for sure. Triple deck poll, thank you. A full offseason with athletes coming in on D. Harry Heastan teaching this great combo of young and seasoned old linemen to run block will be a key to ND success. Yeah, that's really something to be excited about. It really is. Stability at the O-line is always something to be excited because you feel like you got a chance. Yeah. You know, you can right. lock them, you can lock them nine or ten games in when you got a chance at that trenches. Yeah. Yeah. So man, Angeli didn't look man. Angeli didn't look good according to the chat, man. 
<laughs> man. Yeah, I understand. That's unacceptable. I understand that that's Jim Trestle's nephew. I don't care. I don't care about your name. All I know is what you showed me against Alabama. Nah. See, since these defense can work, if that's the blueprint for what we're going to be, only if you have two lockdown corners. If Clarence Lewis was a lockdown corner, we probably would have shut Oklahoma State out. So recruiting is definitely going to come into play. If we can get two lockdown corners, we will be Cincinnati's defense in two or three years. Yeah. Except we'll have more talent on the, the total uh, scale of of things. But we'll, what you see from Cincinnati's defense is what we're going to look like with more talent. Yeah. And the strength of Cincinnati's defense is where we're lacking, corners. And speed. They got speed to be, you know, a Big East team. Wait a minute. David Jones, I think he's talking about Cincinnati. And Trestle is D.C. They legit held them close with terrible talent. First of all. They're not terrible talent. Bro, you you have two first-round lockdown cornerbacks. That's not terrible talent. Mm -hmm. I'm sorry. I'm, I'm sorry. It's just, come on now. Come on now. You have two lockdown corners, and your plan was to go 3-3-5 when they had John Mechie out and had one elite receiver. Your oh. plan was to play five people in the box against a no, against an Alabama offensive line that averages 330 across the board. That was your plan. That was your plan. You made Brian Robinson look okay all year. You made that dude look like the reincarnation of Bo Scarborough. Nah, I don't want any parts of it. Yeah, Cincinnati. Cincinnati look kind of small too in their secondary and the linebacking core, but yeah, the um, linebackers are small. But I mean, it doesn't help when your defensive coordinator gives the O line free access to you the entire first half. Yeah. They made Brian Robertson do look like Derrick Henry Jr. You got some people saying they love Dante's game, but they're starting to lean towards Nico. I'm just very I'm 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 ready for this summer. I really want to see these dudes hit the circuit, and I want to see Nico. I want to see Dante. I want to see Archman, and I want to see all of them. Yeah, no, straight up. Uh, Tom A says, Malik, like your pad. Yeah, I'm telling you, man, I just show y'all something a little different, how I'm living in my living room. Somebody said that they uh, they want to know whether or not you uh, play the piano. Yeah, I mean, that, that piano right there is more for show, but, uh, you know, I can show you a little electric piano <laughs> in my other set, in my other studio. <laughs> um. Tom A. You darn right. That dude, that was an easy call. You darn right game day is going to be at the horseshoe. That's, dude, that was without question. We yeah. knew that two years ago when they scheduled it. Yeah. When they announced it, we they already scheduled game day. 
Yeah, <laughs> this is fun. Oh, let's see. Matt GT gave us another one. We need a quarterback and to keep off AB's petty plan. Dude, the fact that that dude hopped in the police car and had them take him to the airport with no shirt. It's like, bro. Hopefully he gets some help, man, because you got to be crazy to do something like that. Because <laughs> Alave was a three-star OSU put in work. That's what competition to do. We're talking about fitting in that two-year window. We want we want to be like the Rams and win now. Let's go get a Von Miller, Aaron Donald, you know, Odell, Matthews, trade for Matthew Stafford, whatever it takes. Yeah. Look, college football is littered with stories of two stars and three stars making it making it to the NFL, becoming stars. Like, yo. Why do we got to be that team? <laughs> you know, Rudy was a movie. Let's just keep it like that. Rudy was a movie. We're, we're an advanced program. We should be dabbling in the five-star caviar territory. Man, I see Tom A and Steve. Um, my piano is actually my daughter's piano. She's the musician. It's, it's actually in the living the family, the, not the family room, but the living room. I uh, can't show it to you right now, but that's her baby. That's her baby. I don't have a, a musical bone in my body. We have to get to five or six elite players, like difference makers, dude. We have to. Like that's the challenge for Margaret Freeman. Like mm -hmm. you go from one five star up to five or six, and then hopefully if you can get to eight, nine, ten. Now we cooking with we cooking with grease. We crossed that we crossed that double digits when we win championships, but we can get five without it. Yeah. Where we are today, we can get five. Somebody said, "Is was that a slushy you're drinking, man? Do you mix? Do you do the whole mix? Is that was a fountain drink?" Yes, one hundred percent with the high C. I put the I high the C lemonade. together. They got I do the lemonade sprite mix. Hmm. You know, there's many different combinations when you when you want to get down into the to the real taste goods, but I keep it <laughs> I keep it funky with the the high C's, man. Uh, David Jones said, do you think Tommy can recruit? Not so far. Not to where if Tommy was at a Western Kentucky, I would say yeah. But he's at Notre Dame bringing in. He can do better. You know, he can do better. Uh, let's see. Khalid. Saudry, Chaudry, horrible way to start the Freeman era. So dejected, I had hoped not to have eight months of misery till August. <laughs> hey, we're Just all 
We're that's all going through the same myriad of emotions, man. It's yeah, to deal with. It. You got to go through it. You just have to go through it. That's all. Eric Spadell, man, I love y'all two brothers. We appreciate you. I'm an ND fanatic since '89, and it's time for people to catch up to the new wave. I'm gonna send some uh, bread when I get something on my cash out. Much love, Malik and Sean. Man, we appreciate you, Eric. You spin it different, man. We appreciate you, Eric. Look, we're going to be here every day almost. Every day giving you that hot hot clips. Every day. Josh Phillips, is Sean still going to do Lucky Lefty plus B, the recruiting analyst for IB? Yep. I multitask. I'll be doing both. I'll be on Lucky Lefty every morning at 9 o'clock. We'll be here. And if we feel like we need to do something impromptu, we're going to do the same thing. I'm we did tonight. Oh, and another thing. Oh, and another thing, baby. Oh, and another baby. thing. Tony Alford. Man, did you see the picture he took with the running backs in the locker room at, at the Rose Bowl yesterday? A great recruiting picture. Man, that recruiting picture was so bomb. I was like, man. <laughs> That's already in kids' mailboxes today, man. Gavin Wright, let me go back, man. You asking for your 947 comment. Let me find it. Let me find it. This better be a really good comment. Let's see. Uh, Footwork King with Sean Whitfield out of Houston would be a smash hire. I agree with that. DB's wide receiver skills would be lights out, and the talent will come. He works with all the best kids. See, the only thing I don't like about the IG guys and stuff like that is that it just, it just gets too cute. You know, it just gets too cute. And it's less about, you know, getting ready for the game plan each week. I think hiring guys like that on your strength staff is more effective than to be your actual running back coach. Okay. Super chat here for Thomas L. No excuse for us not to be grabbing five stars in every class. Hey, I agree. And I'm not talking about just starting now. I'm talking about going back years ago. Mm-hmm. Like, yo, it's, man, it, it shouldn't be a problem. It just shouldn't. It just shouldn't. I don't understand, man. Yeah, these five stars, I mean, look, we didn't have so much fighting against us in-house that wasn't allowing us to grab a five-star before we even made the attempt. So now we done flushed out some of that old stuff, and we really, we really on a new, a new horizon with bringing some culture back to this recruiting and and getting some of those five stars like a Kayvon Tippett, though. You know, that's the guy I want to see in the future. You know what? We might add this. You know, if that's what you all want, AB needs a job. Let's see if we can get him. Oh, man. This is what I wanted to bring up from Eric Spadell. Hey, can y'all do a call where I come in and chime because I've got a lot to say and I'm tired of indie haters. ESPN, Notre Dame, Public Enemy number one. 
<laughs> Look, um, that would be dope if we had calls. Yeah, we'll do some call-ins. Let, let's figure call, out how we can have, like, yeah, maybe we can do our Friday show where we can have, like, we can do it like, like Fine Bomb, how he does it. Yeah. Get a hotline. Call the hotline. 1-800-LEFT-NATION. Man, would you guys like that? Let us know, LL Nation. Let us know if you would like that. We dedicated like the Friday show at 9 o'clock. Hope you guys Yeah, we gave it to you all. Y'all, you all could call in. The cat Eric Spadell, he's ready to go. He's like, y'all call me right now. <laughs> all right, David. Appreciate it. So you guys will rock with that every Friday, the call-in show. That'll be cool. Like fine bomb if we get somebody from Southern Twain here. I'm down here in uh, Baton Rouge, and we got a package down here that we want to send back. <laughs> uh, right. I don't like it not one bit. That's right. And, uh, you know, we want to return to it came, back, it came with a different tag on it. <laughs> <laughs> It wasn't came uh, down here malfunctioning with a fake accident. It wasn't what we thought we were getting. So we're gonna send it back to y'all. And uh we want our money back. We want our nine million a year back. Yeah. And we got these boring players out here. We ain't got no it's not DBU anymore. It's Brian Kelly you. Now Alan Prince, Alan Prince is my type of dude. You you must know about programming or something. He said, yes, as long as it's not over half an hour. Yeah, like phone calls. Once it goes past a certain time with phone calls, it's like, okay. Yeah, you, damn near 15 minutes to make it hot. <laughs> uh, come on, man. Tom A. You tripping, dude. Clarence Lewis catching... Still catching bullets in here. Yeah, Clarence Lewis, you you it's okay because he's got the maybe he's just out of position. Maybe he's got to play where Tariq Bracey did or play safety. Hey S Fitzpatrick 88. Day one -er, always chiming in, supporting us. You should do call-ins. That would be dope. I'd listen as always. We appreciate you. Yeah, absolutely. Colin Pope says, Clarence Lewis really gave up 12 receptions on 13 targets. Did he? Was that really? That's a bad stat, man. <laughs> That's one of those pro football focus stats. That's just way too deep. The metrics are way too deep on that one. Oh, man. That's Yo, say it's not so. Is that Colin? Is that a real stat, or did you just throw that up there being sarcastic, man? Uh -uh. It, let me know in the chat. That's crazy, <laughs> dude. Somebody quoted you from yesterday. We got clearance on clearance. <laughs> <laughs> that was a house. That was a clip for him because I mean, good grief! At that at that moment, it was getting ridiculous. Because then he was getting a penalty in there. It was looking like he had no idea where he was at. It was just bad. We're going to talk about that tomorrow. Because tomorrow morning we're jumping right into the Marcus Freeman press conference. And, yo, 
I want I'm, I, I want you to hear what he said about Clarence Lewis and tell me whether or not you really believe him. Yeah, I mean, I really think that Marcus Freeman being the type of guy he is, he's going to have his guys back. And I do think that there is, like, something he probably knows about Clarence from practice that he's probably in the uh, – he probably met with him after the game like, hey, uh, what, what what was that? I'm going to go over here and get your back in the media. You do all these good things in practice. It's got to translate. You out here embarrassing the both of us. <laughs> <laughs> so it's more like a talk with your with your homeboy slash your, 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 your big brother. But he's always gonna have it. He's not gonna out his guys in the in the media like that. I wouldn't think so. I think it's something that he can sit a long nine hard months on and fester on getting that gym and show us something in spring. I think that's an opportunity. Uh, you're definitely gonna get one with the practice style that Marcus Freeman brings to practice. Mm-hmm. It's just a matter of can he look better than than that next year? Yeah, he. Uh- Freeman did. We'll talk about it. Play the clip tomorrow. He did. I said. He said I wouldn't trade him for the world. Like you know, that's a coach really having his players back. You know, not taking the bait of you know throwing them under the bus. Yeah, he still do. He still Freeman. Freeman. Freeman gonna end up being like Doc Rivers. You know, he get about year <laughs> fifteen. Right. Hitting with. Can we win a championship with him? I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> Knowing darn well you're not winning a championship. No, darn well you ain't winning one. That's what he go. It's gonna turn into. But I like the appreciation right now because he's still in recruiting Marcus Freeman mode, where he's sitting <laughs> and eating good macaroni and cheeses and stuff, and you know eating them good dinners. You know what I'm saying? So Mark Stallman says biggest concern will talent win out versus seniority. From here on out, will a senior that started this year sit on the bench for a more talented freshman next year? We'll that's see. Good, yeah, that's that's how you know the team's changing. You know, this whole old guard, you know, you don't play as a freshman, you play as a junior type of thing. That's just not where the train is heading if you want to keep kids. Mm-hmm. So the that that formula is is another ingredient to taking another step towards a championship because we're in win now phase. Before we was in a going in reverse now we're trying to win now develop later let's see gotta hear the bulldog dana heard the bulldog by the way you guys were spot on about wide receiver and quarterback rooms both being an issue i mean that and another be- issue too is that i i can i can say right here i could take a good guess that those rooms don't even hang out mm. And that and that matters. I I know that I felt like personally when I, I was there, see, I could see you hanging I out had with to, Chris Breezy. I could definitely see. I had you. to. Yeah. I had the best connection with all the receivers because I hung out with all of them. Right, and and that made a difference because you can see the difference on on the practice field. Is Tyler Buckner hanging out with Kevin Austin? I don't know. I know Jack's probably not, but you know Jack's a little older. You know he probably got a wife and kids and a and a retirement pension and you know stuff he's really thinking about internships and stuff. You know Procter and Gamble. You know Chicago right there. 
a retirement pension, bro. Yeah, he he thinking about all types of grown, mature stuff. But Tyler Buckner need to be hanging out with Lorenzo Styles. You know, go to the Grotto. You know, go to Como together. Go to go play basketball one time. You know, so that's that's another thing that has to happen. I need guys need to be tight. You know what I'm saying? I think the O-line is a great example. When Harry Heastan was there, the O-line hung out together like white on rice. They were always together. And I think that played into the bigger relationship they had on the field. But, yeah, you know, y'all ain't going to be best friends. But, dang, at least make it feel like, you know, their middle name. You know what I mean? Um. Yeah. I think Marcus Freeman, this this staff that he's about to put together, I want to be a fly on the wall for the first meeting once everybody, like, is official. Calm down. Man, I just want to hear him talk to them about recruiting and, like, what's going to happen if they don't get the job done. Yeah. Anthony Solomon, I, I, I agree. Kelly would have found a way, somehow, some way, to throw the players under the bus in the presser. Oh, yeah, Clarence Lewis. He probably would have used the Clarence on Clarence. <laughs> no, Coach Kelly, he probably would have used all of it. <laughs> he would, you think he, he already wanted to execute? Uh, let's see. Because, like, next year, Drake Bowen is a five-star, right? Yep. I think Keon Keeley is a five-star. So we got two already for 23. Now, if we can grab a couple on the offensive side, like I said, we're cooking. Man, y'all got a good conversation going in the chat. That's what I'm talking about. That's that's what it's about. Good conversation, different opinions. Let's do it. That's why we're here. I think, yeah, somebody, I heard that before too. I think Tyler and Lorenzo are actually roommates. Bro. Oh, you said what? I think Tyler Buckner and and, uh, Lorenzo are actually roommates. That's a good start. That should be Tyler Bugner and Lorenzo. Yeah. That should be Tyler Bugner and Lorenzo hooking up all spring. That's that's the the start. That's the start. If you can if you can inside at the goof like to this morning. Yeah. Running routes and throwing the ball for sure. Because that's right. That's right. Even going on a trip. I went to trips together with some of my receivers. So, you know, whatever it takes, but that's gonna be your guy. I'll be their travel agent, especially if they drive up for a quickie, a quick weekend in Chicago. Nah, straight up. I, I got them. I hey, got NIL. Them. We, yeah, the man. lucky lefty got them. Come get an NIL dinner on us, man. If they come to Chicago, tell them I got them. Both of y'all got to bring our cleats in the ball so we know that y'all at least did some work on the way over here. And then you got, yeah, Peyton Bowen might end up being a five-star. 
I mean, Notre Dame could come up in this next this 2023 class with four or five stars. I really believe that. Because mm. I mean, Dante would be one. I don't. Is Nico a four or five? I think he's like a high four. I'm not sure. He's got another season, so I'm sure during the summer he'll he'll boost it. And do you know what the Elite Eleven is this year? When it is or where it is? Both. It's usually they come out this way at some point, but uh, it's usually when the opening they start, they start taking the uh the reels, right? The video reels. Right yeah, whenever now. whenever they uh it's the summer of, yes, yeah, yeah. So this summer coming up, they'll have the opening, and the opening is usually with Elite Eleven. So you'll see the final eleven guys, right? Of who to expect in the next football college season. All right, man. I think we covered everything. Oh, your final thoughts on Kevin Austin going to the league. Well, you know, like we talked about offline, I think the injuries, he just wanted to prove to himself he can stay healthy a full season, and he wants to fate the, the lay in the rest of his hands. I think coming back would have helped him. Obviously, it's another year of a lot of uncertainty with some things, and uh, for his development, I thought it would have been better, but not having a receiver coach ain't, bringing, ain't making it an easier decision for you to come back. So I don't think he wants to wait on that information and take his chances on getting better outside of uh, a team structure like that. Yep. I'm happy for the kid and do it a lot. I mean, a lot. Like you went through it and you know what rehab is, dude. Like for him to come back from the injury and literally have the same reoccurring injury. Yeah. Like that's frustrating. He had to go through it again, and he got through a full season. And he probably said to himself, well, "I'm out. Like I proved I can stay healthy. I'm out. I'm about to go get this bag." Nah, straight up, straight up. So more than likely, Avery Davis said he wants to come back. So you'll have Avery Davis, Lindsey, and. uh it's, uh, Lorenzo going into the horseshoe. Yeah. And you know, that's a good, that's a good starting out roster to see those guys stay as a unit and then add additional pieces with these younger guys coming in. Mm-hmm. This is a group you can develop their, their core group. You want to take going into these next two uh, periods of, of working out and getting ready. And and if we can develop those core group of guys, and, and and identify the stars early, and and just invest in that, I feel like we'll have we'll start way better than what we have in the past. Yep. Yep. So once again, Braden Lindsey returns. Kevin Austin goes to the NFL. Uh, more than likely, Avery Davis. He wants to return. Um, uh, what's the local kid that chose to? Uh, Transfer last night, linebacker. Uh, kudos to him. Mm-hmm. 
Uh, I was about to say Lou Fowl. It's not Lou Fowl. Uh, ah, I forget the young man's name. Yes, Paul Mawala. Thank you for that. Wheezing the juice, Paul Mawala. He transferred last night. You know why he transferred? He saw the tape of them linebackers coming in. <laughs> that's that's why he transferred. He saw he Jenny. Made, he, he he made saw, yeah. It's like, yo, he read the tea leaves. All right, let's get out of here, man. We'll see everybody back tomorrow morning, 9 a.m., talking specifically about Marcus Freeman, the press conference, and what the rest of the week is going to look like as far as coaching and decisions and things of that nature. We'll have some more news on the possible candidates, and uh, we'll give it to you straight. We spin it different. Lucky Lefty Podcast, as always, hit the like button. If you're watching right now, just simply hit the like button. It's right there. It's literally right there. Just hit the like button, share, subscribe, let everybody know. Lucky Lefty Podcast is where it's at. Man, you all have sweet dreams, man. We'll talk to you. See you tomorrow. We appreciate you, LL Nation. Until tomorrow morning at 9 a.m. Hello.